0: i And I'm Dee. Uh, you want to intro yourself a little bit, just a little background on who you are, what you are, and why I you are? I feel like
1: I need to write off of you.
0: <sighs> I was hoping I could write off of you. Yeah, okay. All right, so <laughs> I'm Charnel. I am a very handsome 29-year-old man. Uh, I'm
1: not uh, writing off that you ego. You could have done it. You done <laughs> that it. ego. No, right. um,
0: I love true crime. I started loving true crime as a youngin' because my mother loved it. My mother was also a little bit of a criminal, so I feel like she was, like, picking up tips. Uh, <laughs> But no, uh, Forensic Files and all that stuff, America's Most Wanted, Unsolved Mysteries terrified me. My mom would be like, you keep messing up, that's you. And I'm like, dope. <laughs> I was like, I'll keep it together. Uh, but no, and because my mom was a criminal and my mom was mentally ill, I started seeing all these true crime docs kind of painting mentally ill people as the preeminent people who are going to be criminals. They're, that's what, like the basis of criminality, and it's not true. Not true at all, especially schizophrenia, which my mom had and my brother has. Uh, so, we wanted to kind of approach it from that and go like the mental health, it should be normalized. And just like everything else in your body can be sick, so can your brain. And social work, all the sociological aspects of everything, how does that play into who and what makes a criminal? Right? And so, that's why I'm here. I just want to make things right. And also, it's nice being the brownest podcast
1: in yeah, the, <laughs> in the room, like in the
0: whole. Hashtag melanin magic. Yes. What about you, D? Who are, who are you? What are you?
1: I mean, I'm D. I can't follow that intro. Um, I am gorgeous as well, though. Um, so same thing. My mother got me into true crime. She wasn't a criminal. She was actually a doctor in Haiti. My origins. My parents are <laughs> from Haiti. had a house. <laughs> money. That's his ongoing jokes. He swore I had money, but. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> No, they uh, immigrated here, and she became a nurse here, but she was a doctor in Haiti. But uh, she loved true crime, and I used to be terrified, unlike you, of true crime. Like, unsolved mysteries, like nightmares, especially when they're talked about, like, the person missing still. Like, still fugitive. Scared. But anyways, um, I got into social work um, and mental health uh, through her. Um I wanted to help people. I started out uh, pre-law at Fordham University, decided I hated it because I didn't know who I was going to defend. I wanted to be a defense attorney, but I didn't want to help somebody who didn't deserve it. Um, so I switched into social work and got into mental health and kind of teaming up with him on the same thing that all people with mental health are criminals. So we wanted to look at all the reasons why somebody may do something shocking, I guess. Um, so. That being said, I work in the field currently. Um, I work with offenders uh, trying to prevent recidivism. It's something I'm passionate about. I get to know that aspect, get to know their background, um, and try to help them not do something they've done in the past. And I've been in the field total 13 years. So long. Yeah, so long. I'm burnt out. Don't so. say that out loud.
0: <laughs> I am out yeah. burnt out. <laughs> well, I guess I should probably tell people like, what I do. Oh.
1: Yeah, you, should, <laughs> you like, probably should. I, I
0: made sure I told you I was good looking in case nobody was going to tell me when I got off <laughs> the stage. Uh, no, so I have I am not a a social worker uh, by trade anymore. I'm actually in admissions at a university, but uh, I am the president of board of directors for NEC Courtney Foundation. If you guys don't know what it is, Google it. It's this awesome foster adoptive agency in Connecticut. They do amazing work. A lot of grief uh, counseling for uh, foster parents and a lot of trainings and fun things like that. Uh, but before that, I did do some case management, which was not fun.
1: It's not. <laughs> At all. No, all
0: right, uh, but I am work. a former foster kid, and so my heart is with kids who have been touched by all the systems, foster care, criminal justice system. Uh, and I can see the things that kind of the intersections uh, that happen uh, where kids are introduced to crime and that kind of deviance is normalized and if you need mm-hmm. to make money, if you, you know, if you don't have a home, all these things run together. Right. Uh, so that's where my heart is. So uh, Dee is going to school for clinical mental health counseling, right. and I'm going to school for forensic mental health counseling. Yeah, we're
1: both in uh, getting our masters
0: at the same place. Yes, too. struggling the same time. Yeah, so, but yeah, it is yeah. it is fun, and I, I'm excited. Um, who knows? Maybe a maybe a doctor, Charnel, or a doctor. I'm D not at some <laughs> point. Maybe just for me. I don't I don't do love you, myself. Go
1: ahead. My sister has a PhD. I'm oh, not doing it.
0: But this case today, let's do that because yes. I don't feel uh, we dated.
1: <laughs> Clearly not. <laughs> he was actually my first marriage, no kidding.
0: <laughs> I'm just trying to think back to the, the fact that I, again, I'm handsome, smart, charming, modest, humble. Very much. Mo- that's really what it was. It was Clearly so humble, I Clearly just couldn't not. be with
1: him anymore. Clearly not. No.
0: No, we <laughs> met through our mutual friend, uh, Grieg. And yeah. me and Grieg met through our our friend Shelby, and our love of Beyonce. And that's how we got Yeah, through.
1: and it just, And yeah. what's
0: funny is that it wasn't, it wasn't like some real hashtag team effort mm-hmm. that got us together. I got on Facebook one day, because if anybody knows me, knows I feel a lot about everything. And so I got on I Facebook, know. and I was like, I want to start a true crime podcast for X, Y, and Z reasons. Who's in? And then 18 people were like, me. But he was like, me. And I was like, her.
1: Was <laughs> <That's> it?
0: <laughs> I was like, because I know her. <laughs> I know her <laughs> background. Everybody else is going to flake on me or something. And that's really how it. That's really how it happened. There's nothing. There's no magic in the beginning. No. No. It mm-hmm. was. It was fun
1: though. All right.
0: uh, first case watching D squirm. Uh, this case is gonna be really fun. I still though. squirm. This is less brutal than what I usually pick.
1: Yeah, yeah, we, we toned it down.
0: She goes for the the kind of a lighter, like, let's talk about the childhood. and.
1: Yeah, let's talk it. about the past. And yeah. I'm like,
0: yeah, let's talk about that. And then let's talk about how that made them rip swines. I'm like, I'm that person. Yeah, he's like, how many times yeah. I got
1: stabbed and all the details Because about that's him, interesting to Marine. me. I like, like, I like to <laughs> know, like,
0: oh, this isn't fueled by rage. This was vengeance. This was this. You know, it's. Again, deviance. Aggression is like my thing. I, I try to figure out the root of aggression, especially in kids. And so that's why those uh, crimes appeal to me. All right. Uh, but today's case takes us to the windy city of one Chicago. Yes. I've never been. Do you have-
1: I have. Yeah, I went in uh, March. It's cold. <laughs> it's just cold.
0: <laughs> it's going to be a, a beautiful little picture here. It's a little, some some excitement happening here. So in October of 2018, you guys might actually know this case. It was very very recent. recent yeah. Uh Clarissa had told her daughter that she was going to be a big sister once again because Clarissa was pregnant. Uh and in December of 2018, she posted this very beautiful Facebook status up which I could not find for the life of me I searched took it Reddit. down. Yeah. Yeah, Reddit of would have him. I ran through Reddit though. That's <laughs> what I do. Um and just she was just so excited she announced to the world that she was gonna have this baby. And she put up ultrasound pictures and she put up all the the crib that she had purchased and all this stuff. And so over the next several months that's what she was doing and she was going to name this baby Xander after her twenty year old son who had just passed away the year prior. Which is sweet, right? Yeah, there we go. Um, So around 6 p.m. on April 23rd of this year, 2019, uh, Chicago Fire Department responded to a 911 call. Clarissa said that she had given birth to her baby and that baby was not breathing and they arrived and they said, yeah, this baby is obviously in distress. This baby is blue. So immediately, you know, life saving procedures go in. Um, and so they take the baby to, I'm trying to remember the name here, Advocate Christ Medical Center there it is. in Oak Lawn. Oak Lawn. And they brought the mom in for precautions. And what I thought was really weird is that they don't do medical like, checks after someone gives birth if they don't give birth in a hospital in Chicago they're not required. They're to. not
1: required to do physicals so and stuff like that say, on the baby.
0: I gave birth and they're like, "Cool.
1: That's your job." <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you for not doing it in the hospital, no bills. It was very strange to me. Don't understand that. Mm-hmm. So, the baby was placed in intensive care. Uh, and had no brain function due to the, last, the lack of oxygen. Sorry about that. Uh, and Clarissa and her 24-year-old daughter, Desiree, they set up a GoFundMe page. Uh, in the description, they said that she had just recently given birth uh, and that the baby was very close to death. So they were raising money to cover medical costs, funeral costs. The goal was $9,000. Mm-hmm. And it had just been shared like 300 times. They had raised only $1,200 uh, within the first few days. Right. Um, and Clarissa would visit this baby every day. Uh, and it would go on like this until May 7th um, when detectives arrived at the Figueroa residence uh, and they were met by Desiree and they asked where her mother was and they stated uh, that she had just got a baby and she had some trouble walking. So what the problem was is that um, the police were investigating another case and they were doing some, uh, some research and they subpoenaed hospital records and learned from DNA evidence that this newborn actually wasn't Clarissa's. No. It wasn't her baby at oh no all right i was like this is usually in the part in the podcast where i like look at d and i'm like do you want me to value s- <laughs> this to you do you want me to you can take this from me if you want
1: yeah so the police uh received some anonymous tips um that there was a missing person case um where a uh, 19 year old marlene old how do you say his I'm gonna, name i'm gonna Here, say i'm gonna have a terrible Spanish accent Marlene Ochoa Lopez. There it goes. (laughs) Was reported missing on April 24th by her husband. Giovanni. Yeah, that. I just
0: going to do the accent.
1: So the concern was she went missing and she was also nine months pregnant. And no one knew where she was. Um, The case had very few leads. Actually, one of the things that the family stated that they were disappointed that they didn't get enough police assistance. Uh, from the police. They really relied on, like, the community search parties to try to help find her. Um, they set up a Facebook for her, um, just to, you know, see where she possibly could be.
0: Yeah, so there's a lot of things going on uh, in this one <laughs> instance. Yeah. Um, and the tip really was, uh, you know coincidentally facebook Mm -hmm. uh there was a facebook group set up for young mothers that needed advice you you guys probably know these uh their doctor recommendations hey i need new or lightly used baby clothing i don't have a lot of money um and police searched this chat and they saw that marlene had actually been in contact with one specific person that caused a lot of people's eyebrows to raise and that was one miss clarissa figueroa
1: right
0: homegirl who had just had her her baby baby yeah so on May 14th, back at the house, upon further investigation of the premises, the police made this really grisly discovery. So they had opened this trash can in the back of the house, and they had found the mutilated body of a young woman with some bruising around the neck, uh, and, the, and this coax, like the cable, like the cable cables? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what you call those. They go in the back of your boxes. Yeah. Um, and there, too, is was bloody, and they was obviously they thought it was the weapon used to strangle this young woman. Um, And so, what they found was DNA extracted from uh, Marlene's toothbrush and hairbrush. They determined that this baby was hers and that this body was that of Marlene's. And so, Clarissa, her daughter Desiree, uh, and Clarissa's boyfriend, Peter Boba, uh, were all taken into custody. And during a more thorough search of the home, detectives also found remnants of burned clothes and an indication that there was blood. There was some scrubbing with bleach and other cleaning products like 409 uh, and things like that. Mm -hmm. I, I always feel it's so weird to do it in front of people.
1: A little bit. Because we were so always we like, "You go, you go, you want to go, you I was go? like, "I'll go." <laughs>
0: D-, D doesn't like the gross stuff. No, he doesn't like talking about it. No, but the,
1: I'll talk about the whys. That's
0: right my I'm name. I'm the strong one, but yet clearly we didn't. date. Like I'm just saying, I'm a I'm a good man. <laughs> He's so offended.
1: Oh yes, sir, I will date you. Is that better?
0: No, I'm not interested.
1: Oh. <laughs> After all that.
0: I don't I don't date married Trash.
1: women. <laughs> 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 just got married.
0: I don't date married women. <laughs> I don't like to date married women. There you go. I'll let you. I'll go. I'll go ahead. Yeah. All, right. All right. And so, <laughs> once they had, once they had officially announced that this body was Marlene Ochoa Lopez's, and uh, that they labeled this death a homicide, investigation goes crazy. Right. Uh, and it turns out these three people actually had a history of run-ins with the law. Clarissa. Uh, Records show uh, that she had two separate misdemeanor charges a few years ago one for battery in '98, and another one for marijuana possession. Both cases were dropped. Yeah,
1: these aren't huge cases. Like, you one think. of them. Midgets.
0: Well, for Clarissa. <laughs> yeah, Clarissa was, right. it was unexpected for Clarissa. Right. But Desiree, uh, she had been convicted just in January uh, of misdemeanor theft and was sentenced to four months of court supervision and community service. And she had actually just missed a court date. Right. Uh, and so she an arrest warrant had been you. issued for her that day right. when they were looking for her. Uh, she was also charged with misdemeanor assault. But that cage was drafted in 2013. Mm -hmm. Now Peter, uh, he's he's a little younger than Clarissa, so she's a little bit of a
1: of a a a
0: cradle robber. Uh, But he had a little bit going on
1: too.
0: Well, cradle robber sounds more true crimey. I don't know. know. (laughs) Uh, uh, But he actually had two misdemeanors: public indecency. He sent he sentenced to six months of court supervision in 2009. Uh, then he was also convicted of battery in 2012 and sentenced to two years of community service and court supervision in a work alternative program. So they, have both, uh, they all have these weird histories. Right. They're criminals, they're, but they're, they're not are. incredibly violent quite yet. Right. Um, but when he got arrested this time, he was uh, convicted of aggravated assault on a peace officer in Morgan County. He had just been paroled in 2018 after spending three, three years in prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, so intense. A little intense for right. Peter, but I think it's funny. You'll, you'll you'll get to that at some point. That Peter was not actually anywhere involved. In
1: no, this. not at all. The person with the most like, criminal the history wasn't. The person you think it would be. It was yeah, Peter. he wasn't really involved. Um, like I stated before, they were kind of upset about um, Marlene's. Well, Marlene's father was pretty upset with the police department. He felt like they weren't doing enough to find her, um, and that's how they she um, kind of ended up in the situation. So. Um, well, yeah. I think.
0: Huh? No, I'm sorry. I think there's a lot that, go, that goes into it. Typically, it's the. Uh, our, my favorite true crime podcast is Last Podcast on the Left. I don't know if right. anybody actually listens. Yeah. Right. Uh, and they, they came up with a really awesome term. He, they might have stolen it called like, the Less the Dead. The Less Dead. And so her father was incredibly angry because he felt that because of their immigrant status, because they were, I think they were Mexican properly. Mexican, yeah. um, That no one really cared much about them going missing and so there was a lot of anger if you watch the videos and i wish i had like oh put it in the show notes which i will do i'll put it in the show notes but there's a lot of interviews uh with the family members you can see the obvious pain the they feel like they're hitting right. walls every time they talk to the police
1: so nothing's happening yeah. so um one of the things he said is we came to this country to give a good life for my daughter we just want justice for what they did to my daughter right. so i mean that's the pain of the grieving father
0: Right. Yeah. And the you know police department, rightfully so, in some points were just like, hey, we didn't really have anything to point us anywhere right. when this all first went down. Um, I would think that you would, it's 2019, that you would search social media. Internet shows like, a my, lot.
1: Uh, criminals tend to put things on the Internet often. Right. Like that's, that's part of the bravado. It's part of the ego. Think of, not, I'm not going to get caught, especially if it's been a few days. They start posting stuff, telling people. So there's always, especially now. The, this day and age just all is some kind of trace especially on the internet right if
0: i ever go missing check my check, social media
1: Check Charles i've done page. some
0: sketchy shit and now i've got caught up <laughs> and there's no way to save myself
1: that's
0: usually what it is
1: check his page he probably took me it's fine check, no. <laughs> he can't me it's fine he
0: just he's all. i have 18,000 closets in my apartment I've and nev- she just swears i've
1: never had one of those closets open i don't know what he has in these closets. I never let her every her time we record it. i'm like what's in these closets my christmas tree
0: <laughs> like Christmas tree storage i i am against what single.
1: nine Christmas trees for your nine closets <laughs> you know what's funny
0: <laughs> is I have three christmas trees I'm right. not a hoarder, I promise, but I do have three christmas trees uh if i i'm not I'm not arrogant enough to be a, a murderer, it just wouldn't work for me and also give myself away. I talk too much so Right. And so yeah, so I, I think a lot of people would uh kind of ask because in this in this search here, um, there's a lot of things that flagged everything. Like right. Marlene's car, uh like all these things that were going right. on. Right. And so people would ask, like, what is the connection? Like how did these two come together? How or did this they work? Meet. And so there's a Facebook group. I couldn't find the name again because I think they closed it. Um, so what brought Marlene to this address that day? And so Claudia was very active in this group. She had no young kids, which I don't understand why she was actually in the group,
2: right. but she
0: liked to connect. And I think a lot of it had to do with the grief that she was feeling for Xander. You know, she was kind of longing for that child for again. Son, and, yeah. uh, and so she had posted who is due in May, where my my May mama's at? Uh, and that's the post that Marlene had actually commented on, um, and Claudia had stated that she had, you know, a friend with baby clothes. Marlene was like, look, I don't have a lot of money. This is my second child. Um, me and my husband are just making it by. We really need a new stroller. We need baby clothes. We need everything we can get. Mm-hmm. And Claudia was like, my friend has fresh baby clothes, and she'd be more than happy to make this connection and hook Marlene up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the conversation actually went something like, I, wrote, I highlighted it here. Yeah, you did. My girl has all brand-new baby clothes her son never wore. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's like, and then Marlene's like, Yes, girl, that's fine. Thank you so much. No problem, girl. I know how it is. She was lucky to have two baby showers. So she just loves to spread the wealth. I'm fine with the help. Inbox me for info. Okay. And so I I pe- I picked this part because not only am I a true crime enthusiast, I'm also a church boy. I don't know if anybody knows that and I like piecing out things. And so like the fact that she's like she's lucky to have two baby showers. Right. And I was like, mm, that sounds like a little bit like jealousy. I feel like we should talk about that a little right. bit. Um, but the funny thing about this really was that they had already been connected at one point before this. This wasn't their first time meeting. Marlene had bought clothes from Claudia, Claudia, I'm sorry, Clarissa uh, in the past. Mm-hmm. And what baby clothes was she selling? Like, I.
1: Where's she getting from? you know? And, and 20. this is the part that took me about the case because uh, resources are important i don't know what you know she said she needed help and knowing what kind of community resources out there is important and these are why these things are important um she probably Marlena looked to this group now it's great on facebook facebook has a huge network of people giving away things but you always got to be careful of who you're getting them from um a lot of people have seen like Injuries or got into scary situations when they went to meet up with somebody like not too long ago We were looking for a desk and this person kept changing the dates and times and it got a little sketchy So we're like, "Mm, it's fine. We'll buy a desk somewhere else So we decided not to do it So you always have to be careful of who you get stuff from but you know community resources being an immigrant I'm sure Marlene did not know where to go and this is the part where that that stuff is important Uh to me if she had the proper resources she could have avoided something like this if she had maybe somebody to go with, somebody to support her, maybe she would have avoided the situation as well. Then showing up by herself. Oh, absolutely. And meeting Clarissa. Well, I think we have to. She had a not lot of. the first of, time this happened, though. No, there's a, a couple of cases about babies being snatched absolutely. from the same situation. Uh, I'm thinking like Michelle
0: Wilkins. You guys remember that case? Yeah. Someone's nodding their head. <laughs> it's like and it's the same exact thing. It's right. like where you kind of lure someone to a house and I think you're right there's a lot of it and there's a lot of a lot of, and I don't know, I don't know, I don't want to speak for everybody in the room, but for people of color, specifically Black people, um, we tend to do a lot of things as a community, even, right. even if it's not like our neighborhood, it's like our family and friend circles, mm-hmm. and so we tend to share everything. So it's like, yeah, I have a stroller, yeah, I have this, yeah, I have right. that, and this is constant peel. And it's usually people of color in these groups looking for, right. just traditionally, historically, they're just more likely to be impoverished, right? And so it's just like, I need all the free things I can get, and if you don't have the information. Mm-hmm. sketchy people can take advantage of you
1: which is what happened
0: and it's really sad mm-hmm. sorry here it's give okay. me one second guys
1: oh. that it happened to me like three times oh i like this I have my, <laughs> my
0: touch screen here and so they had already had some history so prior uh to april 23rd uh the day that marlene goes missing Um, uh, Clarissa had told her daughter Desiree that she actually needed help killing a pregnant woman uh, and taking the baby. This is in court documents this is in the confession uh, that she told Desiree and Desiree allegedly uh, at first refused. She went and told her boyfriend and her boyfriend rightfully so pissed right like I'm not going to let you participate in something like that you need to tell the police uh uh oh (laughs) and there we go they're popping up on my laptop here. Uh, and so the first time that Marlene actually went to uh, Clarissa's house was April 1st. Uh, and during that visit, uh, there was some, there was reports of them acting strange. Right. Um, numerous occasions, they'd go into a room and have little powwows together. Um, and Desiree's boyfriend, once again, was there, told right. them that he'd go to the police if they tried to kill Marlene. Right. Um, and after Marlene left, Clarissa told her boyfriend that, oh, it's just an April Fool's joke. We weren't really going to kill this young woman Um, and so what happens is that, uh, what's really sad about this too is that Marlene is married and she's two kids, but she's still a high school senior, yeah. That is what happened that day, yeah. Um, and so they, yeah, she's so young, uh, she had a three year old, right? Her, she had a three year old, old yeah. Mm -hmm. and so what happened was that they agreed and they coordinated uh, and so Marlene showed up on April 23rd after classes, she went went from high school in Little Village Mm -hmm. uh, to Scottsdale where uh, Clarissa lived, it's about nine miles away and once um, Marlene was inside, they had a little bit of small talk, you know, she showed her an album uh, that featured Xander, her past son her late son Uh, uh, Um, and it was at that point uh, while she was distracted looking at the photo album that clarissa actually snuck up behind her with the cable and began to strangle her Mm -hmm. um and now prosecutors say bless you (laughs) prosecutors say uh that it's it shows that marissa not marissa i'm sorry marlene was able to get fingers up uh, between her neck and the cord and then she had called to desiree clarissa Mm -hmm. to help uh strangle marlene and then
1: her daughter decided to help. Yeah, and so
0: Clarissa ends up climbing on top of uh, Marlene and continues to strangle her for about four to five minutes until she stops moving. Yes. And so now everyone's right implicated.
1: Yep, after um, she was dead, they proceeded to cut the baby from her body. Um, there's no record detail what was used or how it was done. Um, and police don't want to naturally say anything about that to respect the family of the deceased. So, well, yeah, Marlene. So on the bright note, I guess. you can call it that, All yeah. of that. Um, so uh, Malina's little boy um, is starting to improve. So he survived it. You remember he was called from the hospital. Um, they think he is brain dead. Uh, they're not sure because he was without ox- oxygen for so long, but he started breeding on his own. So for he's sure showing little sure. signs of yeah. life, um, so but no. he's still struggling as of recent. Because this case, I don't know, for the people that came in late, just took place in um, April. This is April to May. Yeah, So it was April
0: uh, 23rd is when she went missing. April 24th is when Marlene's husband reported her missing to the police. Uh, May 7th is when they got the tip
1: uh,
0: that you should check out this Facebook group because homegirl is kind of sketch. And then on May 15th, everything goes down. And so what's funny is that... they, I don't want to, I mean, I, I have no feelings about talking bad about the police. That's not something that's going <laughs> right? to bother me. But it's just that there's a two-week span almost where they have an idea of what's going on, and they're just kind of moving freely. Like, if they wanted to, Clarissa right. could have bounced. They could have left. They could have they left Chicago, and nothing would have been done for this. Right. Um, but right now, currently, uh, um, Clarissa and Desiree are both facing down charges of first-degree murder, an aggravated battery of a child uh peter is being held on lesser charges and this is this is what i was mentioning earlier is because there's absolutely no communication showing that he had any idea what, what was, was going on and it's kind of sad for him um because he was in the back of the house washing down a rug and was throwing trash out when he discovered marlene's body three weeks after it happened
1: What so i'm curious no to know though is like where did he think the baby came from well, like him. he was living in the house like you don't, but did she, she didn't give con. birth.
0: <laughs> well, that's the thing is that there was, this, is, this is a connection is that I, he thought he was the father, I'm assuming, right? And what we do know is that there was blood on this rug. And he thought the blood was from the fact that she had given birth on said rug and not it being actually Marlene's. Like he went
1: to the store and in that span she gave birth? Well, like, where was he? I don't know, know what Peter know. Bobak does. I don't... All I know I'm is just that... I can try to figure it out. Like, I can't do
0: much more than uh, all the CBS and Chicago Tribune and Sun, whatever. I can't do much more than... I mean, I
1: would me. look into... That being said, looking to Peter more, not knowing where this baby suddenly appeared from, him or saying that, you know, she just gave birth. And I mean, where? how frequently is it? All, t- all the text messages. Does he messages. have another family? Yeah. Like, what's going on? Like, all going the text on? messages were
0: of like, I'm so excited for you. This is so amazing. This is so great. Pray for our angel type things. It wasn't, mm-hmm. hey, we need to hide this body. We got to get rid of it. it. was So the point was that he had no idea that there was a murder that had taken place. Right. The baby situation is sketch, yes, but what what are you going to do? But he had no real implication in the murder, but he did help her conceal it once he found it.
1: Right.
0: And so, and then there's the, you're washing, you're washing down the bloody rug, it kind of looks like you might have known something. Yeah, like, so I'm it's pretty like, sure. So, either way. um, So, that's that. But they're due back in court, um, not too long from now on June 12th, so that's where that case so stands now.
1: So, out for that.
0: Um, but what I wanted to talk about. My
1: favorite part. Um, <laughs> it is.
0: is. Is. Clarissa, whose criminal history isn't that extensive, right? Right. I want to know what happened. What made her mm-hmm. do what she did?
1: What made her tick? Yeah. Um, so we talked about her losing a son, um, obviously, um, what, the year before? Yeah, yeah, The year before, her 20-year-old son. So um, intense grief, uh, believe it or not. Intense grief can make people, you know, do things, again, that they typically wouldn't do. How we all react to grief is different she wanted to replace that void that was in her life so it's possible that she thought this was the way to do it um I'm not too sure if that's no it works <laughs>
0: uh so one of the things that I that I've actually been really interested in um especially for just I like to incorporate my own life into this I don't know how you guys like to roll um but <laughs> I experience grief at a really weird level um and it's the trauma it really is mm-hmm. and so I don't have a this, but my sister did when my mom passed away. It was this really tense, like, eight-year period where she couldn't really function well. She had had a daughter, mm-hmm. but she was quite content with doing the bare minimum to exist. And yeah. it was really hard. It wasn't just a depression. And it was something called complicated grief disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's this intense feeling of sadness that extends longer than your typical reasonable person would grieve for. Nice. Um, she can focus little on little uh, else other than my mom's passing. Mm-hmm. She beat herself up, blamed herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, for it and it's not her fault my mom was a my mom was an addict um, but there's constant reminders she would constantly want my mom's things and effects around like she wanted my mom's ashes in her house um, but one of the things that uh, stood out to me when I was re, uh, researching it again was mm-hmm. numbness or detachment mm-hmm.
1: and so, and that's what <laughs> we see in most murder cases there's a detachment exactly um, and the self-soothing Yourself soothing that grief. So, with that detachment and trying to soothe yourself through whatever you're coping through, I mean, that's the decision that Carissa made. Right.
0: And trauma works that way. Trauma. Uh, and, the, and the, it changes the way you think it changes the way you justify things right. it changes the behaviors n- you normalize right. this is okay because I can and she already has one kid that's what I imagine was going on she has one she doesn't need a second one right I only have one I could you know Either like all another, yeah. there's there's a lot of things that were going on there's just a lot of problems for her accepting the fact that she is just no longer a parent um and the thing that threw me uh, and this is, I like to blame some people. I need to blame somebody, not just, not just Clarissa, but her family members and her friends on her Facebook uh, enablers, because right. the really screwed up part of this is that Clarissa had her tubes tied three years prior.
1: Again, Peter, Peter, like, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Peter, like, what are you doing, Peter. <laughs>
0: And everyone knew this, like, and, ev- and it came up in every article I read that everyone knew she had her tubes tied, and so Clarissa obviously is not well.
1: Peter, you
0: know, and I don't know the medical—I don't know the medical percentages and probabilities of if you get your tubes tied, can you still get pregnant? You
1: could possibly, uh, when it's a vasectomy, it's very when you reverse for a woman, you can't really. Well, that's what I'm saying. This when is when why you're... this is
0: why it's nice to have a, a female co-host. <laughs> My mom was a doctor. <laughs> I had a house. See, just lets me know that she was rich. <laughs> She's like, I grew up rich. Sure, now you didn't. No, that's cool. Uh, but no, I just thought, <laughs> I really just thought about that. I was like, okay, so everyone knows her tubes are tied. Peter. No one persuaded her to go get help. Everyone knew she was grieving. And it's like, all of a sudden, she's got... Backtrack
1: she, for a second. Was Peter her husband, like, for a long time?
0: Peter's her boyfriend
1: current boyfriend like i
0: don't know what they're doing now I, listen i don't, but I I don't when did it get together i, I mean, mean prison I is to, weird you can get I it I need how you more live.
1: questions we, you know, naturally this case is going th- like we're going through the case so we're gonna have to figure it out but somebody needs to question peter when did he show up
0: yeah so peter from what i read peter has been around for like the last two and a half years
1: okay maybe he won't know
0: yeah let me he maybe. like they met right after um they had met before he went in he no so this is four years i'm doing my math wrong because he'd gone into prison mm-hmm. like, about a year after they met and then he went into prison and got paroled in 2018 so it's four to five years they've known each other okay you know don't what? know if they were sleeping together or i don't know about peter equ- they're not equally they're yoked, not yoked not, as we I say in the church
1: that's so <laughs> equally yoked you're such a church boy <laughs>
0: Uh, it's so funny, because I'm such a heathen, apparently. You know, it's just I'm not worth it. <laughs> it like but those are the things that just stood out to me, is, like, these enabling right. family members, like, and no one... So when she gave birth, how come no one questioned what baby I, she I was mean, visiting I've in the hospital? I have been questioning
1: the entire episode. Like, I've been questioning. I'm here. <laughs>
0: yeah. I don't know. I'm talking about her family members. I know, I'm just saying. I know. Um And so I'm just saying, that, like, several people stated that they, they thought she was sad, they thought she was... It was a typical depression. Right. Um But if you're... If, psa if your friends are depressed and you know they've had their tubes tied and they say that they're pregnant and they're so excited to have a baby and they show you ultrasounds and they buy cribs and they like there's just certain things that you could be like whoa d look i love you <laughs> love you with my heart but look this is not normal at
1: sis. least i know i have a friend in you yeah crash. No. you had a friend in me
0: no, but it, it just it just bothered me. And right. and there's just a lot of things that go on uh, with Clarissa and just, like, hearing the uh, the confessions from Desiree and things like that. Right. Um, Clarissa, before she lost Xander, wasn't well.
1: No, right. And I think that's the case um, with her, especially bringing your now lonely child into this. You're essentially going to lose her, too, if you're conviction and you go to jail. Like, now you're losing both kids. So there's something to see about that connection, too, that relationship, well, the problem is that Desiree gave her permission,
0: and I feel like that's where but the problem was. Still,
1: as a mother, I don't want my daughter involved in something that will risk her going away and essentially me losing her as well. That's another type of grief, but that's still. But This is be the
0: grief. complicated grief disorder, and how I you guess. can only focus on the one child you're losing.
1: I mean, I like to see what happens as the case goes on naturally, and see yeah, what I'll be happens. watching. Yeah, I'll be watching as well. Okay. So. And
0: so, what I wanted to do, yes. because I'm I'm super special. Is like sing this. me a song. No, I. I mean, do you guys want me to? Yes.
1: Oh God, I don't no. We got Q uh, We got Q and <laughs> <We laughs> A. Like. I got sunshine. This is not part of the Q and A. On a cloudy day. What's your favorite note to sing?
0: Oh, No, I would go like I'm very low, like an F. But that is that is the uh, the disappearance and the murder of Marlene Ochoa Lopez. Yes. Um, I picked it just because. Um, I was going to I was going to tag on the Michelle Wilkins thing but we only got an hour and we wanted the Q&A and we wanted to have right, some fun. Right. Um
1: have a So time. yeah. we mm-hmm.
0: We'll wrap that up. And so we want to do the Q&A.
1: Yes.
0: Does anyone actually have questions for you us? You guys have
1: come to the mic. Speak no? no? No. Uh-oh. That's that's it.
0: Oh, you you raised your hand but I need you to go to the mic because they're recording it. I mean- no, you you stood up. I'm yelling at people. You go back to the- <laughs> This is why I'm single.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Go ahead. I really like the t- the name of your podcast, What Did You Do? And I'm wondering what was the inspiration for that <laughs> for you guys. How do
0: we. So I can pull up oh, the text yeah, message. Right. Yeah, that's right. Um, I. I have a lot of vision all the time and I just don't know how to be the vehicle for it. And so for two months me and Dee were kinda of bouncing back and forth with IDs, names. Yeah. And which with the means is that she was giving me things I was saying no. No, that's literally how. And I was like, But well, what about this? And she was like, Every mm, intro. I don't feel like I was like, Well, I feel like it's great. Um, <laughs> but no, I was trying to figure out something like why are we doing this? And we figured out like why did you do that sounded stupid. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like I was
1: like <laughs> that would've been it. <laughs>
0: Right. And I wanted something with like four, like four uh, words. They tend to be the most memorable things. You know, you don't want to go past four uh, in a title. Uh, and I was like, well, what did you do? Sounds cute. Right. And I sent it to her. She was like, I kind of like, I don't think she really liked it, no, but I was sold on it. And like, I was like, well, this is what it's going to be. And that was really it. It wasn't, it wasn't anything really special. It was just a two month long text message conversation that should have been a powwow over. Did you
2: have coworker
1: assistance on that too?
0: No, so the beautiful thing is I have a really creative coworker named Tom. He's also very handsome. Uh, <laughs> I thought that matters, but that's what he is. Um, he's a guitarist. He used to play in a band. Uh, and I asked him, I was like, you're creative. I need a, a name for a group of listeners. I don't like calling people fans. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and okay. so I was like, it has to play on What Did You Do? And he's like, the only thing I can think off the top of my head is What Did You Crew? And I was like...
1: I like it so and then when i say loving the crew he takes it wrong
0: so loving the crew loving the crew that's, that's, you guys I'm, we've got some we've got some people in the room i'm like, loving would the crew
1: understand loving the crew is not I'm okay. like looking at this last one <laughs> like, you guys know what
0: i'm talking about it's people who are who are friend hoppers yeah um, it's not aisha curry i'll tell you that she's saved and loves her man does anybody else have any questions could be about the case could be about me could be about d could be about us Yes, I love your colors.
1: Yes,
2: thank
0: you. I like your
1: shoelaces. Color blocking.
2: Pride month. Um, So my husband and I just adopted a sibling group of four from foster care. um, And they've been living with us since August. And what we've learned a lot, um, but one of the The things we've learned so much about, and you referenced, was just the intersections between the child welfare system, the criminal justice system, Mm. um, and just the exposure our kids have had to literally every system um, that exists. So, uh, obviously, I know this is something important both to to both of you, Mm. as it is to us now, Mm. Um, and I'd love to know what do you think are the most... um, impactful or important reforms we need in the child welfare system in the United States um, to help do a better job uh, taking care of all of our kids well, well
0: one I, I love people who adopt so can we just yeah, so yeah, yeah. I say yeah so. there's so many kids don't go to China don't go to so <laughs> yeah. many children there's here. so many kids on your block that yeah. need that need parents um, the one thing I always think about is I, I don't even think it's the system is broken because of so much red tape. They they want you to go so far, right. um, but I think the major boundary is always money. Mm-hmm. We got, like the money is the money is always there. Mm-hmm. Um, working working with the agency I work with all the time, like we watch DCF's budget uh, goes to the Capitol every year, and we're like, okay, so we've got X amount of dollars that's going to go to these things, and then this goes to a fiduciary, and this goes here, and I was like, how did we end up with a hundred thousand dollars when you had twenty seven million? What happened? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, uh, it's more of a, we need to lean on the idea that the government does have a moral and legal obligation to the children of America. And once they remember that, I think it's making this moral appeal, um, to a country that kind of doesn't have a moral compass right now. And that's, that's right. all right, because we never really had one, but the kids, man. Yeah. Like we, we, I think we use kids all the time to spur intense emotion. Like, what about the babies? They're turning the babies. The babies need to be protected, but right. we do nothing to protect
1: the babies. Right. After, after, after they after use that. it for emotion-based yeah. in media, um, they don't really do anything. I think reform.
0: So I think it's money. I think the money just has to be opened up, but I also think the criminal justice system uh, has to, one, the people working in it have to look like the kids that they're dealing with. Juveniles are a lot more, a lot different than adult offenders. Yep. Um, developing, They're still developing. Um, there's trauma there, typically, when you talk about young offenders, and especially adopted foster kids. Uh, additional abuse and things like that could happen. Um, and I don't think people recognize, I think the word trauma gets thrown around a lot. Right. Um, especially nowadays, but... As a developing person, especially if you keep losing your family dynamics and environments keep changing, that's trauma. It's traumatic to keep moving and to have Mm -hmm. things keep changing and not know who's going to care for you or if you can trust them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I think that what really needs, I think uh, permanency needs to be a thing in foster care Connecticut, that's a huge push. Um, They don't want you staying in a foster home too long, so they're pushing kinship care, which is having you stay with a family member, someone who knows you, Um, and I think the beauty of that, and this is gonna be not PC, but people who know you're kinda crazy, you know right. and so they're more willing to love you through those you know nights where you're angry and you break things as opposed to a stranger who you broke their 300 dollar coffee table you got to go
1: you know <laughs> right. and so i
0: think i think we need to push for permanence in the foster care system and i think actual justice and equity and equality uh in the criminal justice system and i feel like the i feel like punishments need to look the same for every crime um for everyone who commits those crimes um so i think that if we Again, I think it's just the money, and it's got to be the people behind it who are really going to change that. It
1: always comes down to the money and support. Um, support is a big deal too. People who take in these children. What I saw when I was working in the field is, you know, these therapeutic foster cares. Adoptive parents once they have these kids with a lot of trauma, there's little to no support. Um, they have to go searching and digging for help. It should not be like that. It should be like somebody to help you along the way and throughout until it's not needed. And what I saw is kids being placed and kids being taken out, like he said briefly after, because no one knew how to handle it. So, and let the people who are willing to do that work do it. There's a lot of, you know, hassle I feel on people who are very capable of, you know, taking in foster care, taking in trauma children. It's, I mean, it's it's very hard to get the kids placed with these people sometimes. So, you know, there are people absolutely prepared to do it and unfortunately can't do it because of red tape.
0: I also think that if you're going to, I feel like everyone, if you want to have kids or more kids, think about fostering. Um, There are, geez, I'm trying to think of the the number, 450,000 foster kids currently in the United States who don't have permanent homes. Um, And I think that it's not just a lack of funding, but it's also a lack of homes. Like people don't think that foster kids are functional. They don't think they're lovable uh, and they are. and I think I'm very lovable. I was a, like I, said, I was a foster kid. Uh, but for a long time, I grew up in a, I was in a group home. Um, and when I think of the trauma and when I think about what I worked through is I was I was displaced, my mom lost custody of me and my sister. We stayed with cousins, bounced everywhere. Cousins didn't really like me because I talked too much. and (laughs) it's just what it is and and so they told they told the social worker that they would take my sister but not me and so like my your sibling groups I say it all the time on the show are the longest relationships you're ever going to have typically and they're the most important especially when you're dealing with changes in family dynamics loss of a parent and so I was in a group home for a long time with kids who would tell me that no one's coming for you because no one came for me these are 15 year old kids talking to this nine year old and I'm like (laughs) well i guess (laughs) but like they shouldn't be like that kids shouldn't be kept in congregate care until 18 they age out because they're tired of the system now they're homeless uh sex work drugs like there's all these things there's so much money for so many other things uh like wars and so much money for for bonuses and subsidies and i'm like man if you would just get these kids to the level of where they a a functionality of self-sufficiency. There's Stability. So much, yeah, and change Stability. the framework of success. Stop pushing college in every damn body. Mm-hmm. You know, like this. once you actually open up avenues for people to earn money and learn skills,
1: right.
0: then you, you need less services. So I think that is the change that needs to happen, too. I think we actually need to promote, like the Constitution says, the general welfare of our citizens and the it starts with the kids some of us are lost some of us grown folks are <laughs> far gone. Uh, but like the babies deserve it because they don't ask to be here they did nothing right. so I think that's long-winded answer to what needs to be fixed um, anybody else you raised your hand and I'm not going to let you forget it <laughs>
2: I was following this case just because I don't know if people realize this literally just happened like last yeah night. yeah um and I don't know why I was curious but I was just wondering why her how her son died like did he have an yeah. illness was it a tragic accident like was it something that she was thinking about over time how am I going to replace him or if she just kind of snapped
0: see that's what I was looking that's, for that's, yeah because yeah, I, I, I would have that yeah and I.
1: <sighs> there are a lot of pieces to the case that are still yeah, that missing. Are just and just And really. what I would
0: imagine that it was, given her grief, is that it was something sudden, something sudden. she didn't expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's Chicago. And I hate to say that, but like if, if she, her Desiree is running around the way she is and if Clarice is running around the way she is, maybe her son was into some less than savory things.
2: Yeah, I maybe- think it's just weird that there's like literally nothing, nothing, nothing
1: on it I mean yeah. I think eventually with time um, you'll see yeah. more come out about that but I would guess it's sudden too And you know, I, it was funny in Chicago there's like you know south side Chicago you don't want to go there and everybody I was in the north side and they're like do not go to south side um, I met some of the south side people they're great but it is dangerous you yeah. know they call it Chirac like it's a lot of gun violence so I would guess it's something like along the lines of that so yeah involvement with drugs or anything else could be possible
0: Okay. Yeah. listen no Thank you. Thank you. Anybody
1: else? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. Line of mud. I like a line <laughs> of people. We don't like to wait in them. No.
2: <laughs> so this goes back to the social media thing. Do you think the advent of uh, Marketplace on Facebook and those groups that barter and trade back and forth, do you think that makes people feel more safe about, since it was like Craigslist and it was completely anonymous, do you think it's safer? Or do you think it has caused people to feel safer because they can see a photo instead of it just being completely anonymous?
0: I have thoughts, but I'll
2: let you
1: I talk. I mean, first. I actually don't think it's safer at all. Um, even if you see a photo and you have, I don't know, somebody with friends, you still don't know who that person is. Um, we've seen many cases where people Um, do things unexpectedly that are in our own families and we would think the person is safe and then turns out they're not so I mean I think to be honest if you're going to take that avenue of um just buying something online that you have to be safe about it you have to bring somebody with you but i still wouldn't really recommend it because you just don't know where you're gonna end up um there are definitely red flags but i everything that we do where we're interacting with people there's some risk like like dating sites for instance it's always like there is like that chance that small percentage yeah. where I, you know I met him online i met my husband was online it, too. tinder, I, tinder. <laughs> when i was
2: online dating i would get as much information about the guy yeah, that i could yeah. his number his picture send it to my best friend, and in case of rape or murder, send I her did that th- photo. And same that thing with my cousin. No, yeah, well, same okay. thing. <laughs> two things.
0: Marketplace. <laughs> like I agree with D. Is that um, a photo? Typically, there's a lot more information available than on Craigslist, right? So you think you get you know people, um, and m- majority of the time, yes, that person is who they say they are. Um, and I think it. I think it's allowed more access. Uh, specifically because everyone's on Facebook. People shy away from Craigslist because Craigslist has the the reputation of being shady, mm-hmm. right? But Facebook, you can go through groups, things get shared, people can verify, I know who this person is, but your typical you know, safety precautions, meet up in a place where there's a lot of people, where there are cameras, go with somebody. Mm-hmm. I sold my Surface Pro, Um to this woman who had a baby in a stroller, but I couldn't see the baby. And I was like, she kept reaching under the blanket, and I was in this mall parking lot. <laughs> I was like, is she going to shoot me for this Surface Pro Tap? And I was like, it's $100. I would literally give it to, you know. It was just So, like, there's sketchy things that happen. Um, second things, because you talked about dating safety, I think it's really important. Um, you might not be able to tell, but I used to be a little bit of a loose person back in the day.
1: Back I got around day. a lot. What? And back so me and my day. best friend, if
0: you guys don't know what safety techs are, is if you meet someone, you're like, hey, let's go get coffee, or if that's a euphemism for something else, I don't know. And you say, <laughs> all right, well, this is this person's pictures, her own everything. I saw this beauty mark, take this one as well. <laughs> uh, this is their name, this is where they say they live, this is where they say they work. If anything happens to me, this is where you can find me. And now, with the advent of technology, as dangerous as it is, like, uh the find my friends or whatever it's yeah. called. Like you can share your location on your iPhone sure, I- yeah. your iPhone. Me and my best friend. I can tell where he is right now in New Orleans just by looking at my phone and I think that is something uh that's special. Right. So yeah. And,
1: and probably needs to go into these like marketplaces thing too. You probably could use the same method. Yeah. yeah. Just
0: turn on your turn on your locate my friends and go. I don't know. It's just, it's technology frees and liberates but it also like closes in and constricts too it's always going to be a two-edged sword there's always going to be predators but there's always decent people too some people are just trying to sell their fear, surface pro
1: their pool. surface pro. <laughs> i
0: need to make rent three years ago damn it. i don't know if y'all have ever been there before so thank you thank you,
1: thank you. Thank you. hi, hi. <laughs> uh quick question about uh your podcast like yes. how do you decide what cases you're going to cover. I mean, there's an endless amount of cases there out there. Is. Like, what are the things I feel that like make we, you interested in a case? And are there certain types of cases that you just would not touch, like you just wouldn't cover at all?
0: I have no boundaries.
1: Yeah, I don't um, think we have boundaries as far as cases. We, I know every episode we pick one. Each of us pick one. But yeah, we yeah. take a turn. Um, I...
0: I don't know. There, there are some that I just won't touch just because either they've been overdone. Like, My I Skyjacker. I did. <laughs> he
1: hated
0: that game. I hated it. Because there are some, like, there are some that I'm very proud of, and it's because I was like, this is important, and there's so many things that need to be talked about. So when I think of, like, our cases, I think of Sylvie Cachet, mm-hmm. think of Michelle really. Blair, like, there's all these things that, I'm like, these are the, these are, like, these are the highlighted cases. These are right. the ones that we should be talking about. Um, and then the ones in between, where it's just a shit ton of murders, I'm like, those are the easy
1: ones, yeah. Yeah, you know? There's and, a lot of information for yeah, those. But I, I don't
0: know, there's there's none I don't touch. Um, I like going, I uh, like, but I, I prefer to go towards uh, victims that are younger because I think that there's, again, it's an emotional response, but no work actually gets done. Typically, uh, the most vulnerable of us, like, again, the, the young people, trans, queer people, brown people, um, there's not enough uh, highlight or light shown on those victims at all. Um, and so I try to look for those cases, as long as we did, like, Relisha Rudd.
1: Yeah, uh, the story. Story.
0: And like things like that. Um, but it's really hard to find information. In a lot of these cases because they're, they're the least of us. You and know? that's the and, thing
1: that gets me every time I'm doing my research is yeah. with minorities, there's like no information at all. Mm-hmm. No information aware that even when I cover like a minority uh, serial killer, sometimes like there's not enough background on where the person came from and we don't see that on the other end it's just it's really unfair unfortunately they don't put enough where they came from and how did they become like this it's like oh, naturally this person would be like this because of their skin tone and that's a problem Yeah, unless of course they have an extensive criminal record then they, right. then they get followed from the, you yeah they put the whole so criminal you, yeah. record <laughs> then you're like they they'll don't tell you all else. the things about them
0: <laughs> but if you go back I challenge you just go back and look at all the serial killers in the last 25 years 30 years look at all the brown ones versus all the the less melanated ones and they'll it'll show you like this just there's no don't gives a damn about where they came, came from or what from could have been avoided were, yeah. and like we talked about at the table earlier there's so many things that could be done to study this to actually prevent this deviance and right. Nobody cares. And it's Mm -hmm. like, let's talk about how, like, oh, it's poverty. It's lack of opportunity that creates crime. Okay, let's start there. Mm, But money, why would we do that? Just go to college, and then you'll stop committing crimes. You'll have more money, and then you get (laughs) student loan debt. I saw a story the other day about someone who was robbing a bank to pay off student loans. And I was like, yeah, so what does college do?
1: Right. (laughs) I'm close to that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what, don't do it. That 70K is not worth prison. (laughs) Just don't pay it back like I plan on now. That
1: as well. No, I'm gonna I'm
0: gonna pay mine back because I don't need money chasing me.
1: I need you know, to see guys. like my investment go to something. I'm not making that. Just never I'm never yet. gonna stop taking classes. That's what that means. <laughs> defer, 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 defer. Until I get a return on my investment, they will not see their money.
0: Uh you guys, anything else? Any questions? Anything else? Do you wanna ask what my favorite food is? No. Can you guess? No one cares no but <laughs> it's cl- not close at all i was gonna lie it's not no but if there's no other questions and if all hearts in my oh, hi can you come to the mic though please thank you
1: i'm
2: okay. sorry the, the i don't like recording. to
0: get up so i understand i feel like everyone's it's been a long day
1: right is
2: this y'all's first tom in new orleans is yes it my first? no no, you're not your first uh, time. it's my. It's
1: your so you have any recommendations? Because it's my first time. Oh,
2: and I, was, well, I was gonna say, what, what have you done so far? Have you found oh, a good what food? What haven't I done? No, I don't want to know what you did. He's oh, done. He's done
1: okay. everything. So I've downloaded
0: every dating app that exists, oh. and I know
1: I this know. is actually my first time slash honeymoon slash crime con. So I'm trying to figure it all out, but I haven't done anything yet. I came down with my besties. Muriel's for
2: food, and and um, Martine's are. Mur- uh, so I would suggest that, but I didn't know what y'all had done yet. If you had done something so, fun, he's came, been
1: drunk.
0: Yeah, I came down on Wednesday. Hatties. Yeah, I came down on Wednesday, and my, me and my best friend and our friends, we went down to the Garden District, and I took a really good photo in front of the uh, Buckner Mansion and, I ate, you know, Coven. Because I was like, yes, this is it. Uh, so I did. We did that. We explored a little bit. We ate a lot of good food. Um, There's this, um, this weird shop, gumbo shop off the road somewhere. I can't remember where it was. We were drunk. <laughs> and I had, like, great, like, gumbo. I had, like, red beans and rice and the sausage. It was so good. Uh, and then yesterday, I just wandered around and day drunk. I couldn't do it this weekend. But, no, it was, I love New Orleans. I was here when I was 16 on a college tour. I was actually going to go to Dillard University. I had made my decision. And then Katrina came and damaged yeah. it. And I was like, I don't have time to wait. So, uh, But no, so uh, New Orleans was going to be my home for four years. I had committed to it. I was walked down Bourbon Street at 16. I was like, these are my people. I can't do anything they're doing yet, but I know I want to. So, But thank you. Thank you. Thank New you Orleans for your questions.
1: That's it?
0: You know, the questions if that is all, oh, well, that has been yeah, kind of the fun. what did you do live of CrimeCon. Yeah. I don't know. Like, that's it. That's it. I don't know if you want to clap or if you want to leave, but you got to. <laughs> <laughs>
1: or you could throw me money, whatever. <laughs> Student loans.